The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 104. What are the benefits of vegetative training? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports science. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Inga Yal Clausen. Inga is a sports scientist and high-performance coach where he specialises in vegetative training, supporting elite athletes with their self-confidence, breathing capacity, mental focus and other areas of their peak performance. He has worked with a variety of elite athletes in different sports. For example, he has worked with professional football players from Everton Football Club, Manchester City and even elite cyclists who have competed in the Tour de France. I can happily say that I'm very fascinated about Inga's line of work and vegetative training, and for that reason, it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's why in today's episode, Inga will share his sports career journey and explain to you the benefits of vegetative training. Inga, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Yeah, let's say it started already when I was young. 12, 13 years old, went into football and judo and basketball, <clears throat> become Norwegian champion in judo very early, then later played in the 15 years old, played in the first division of basketball, played some football, but after a while I went more into judo and become one of the best I'm like a dozen times Norwegian champion. I'm from Norway, by the way. And then later, I had an accident, lost my left arm, and then I went into the management of the national team for several years. Then later, I changed sports because I was was boring, couldn't participate. I went into squash, managed a team, managed a club, was president of the squash federation, and this, that's this. And besides, I was into, let's say, all kinds of sports science through the sports academies, through the sports high school, all the levels of trainers, all these kinds of science. More and more I went into uh, different kinds of body psychotherapy because I, I started to understand that emotion is performance, and I was looking around and then I found a tradition in Norway which has exactly look at how experiences of life, emotions, get stored in our body. In young age, it creates my who I am today. 
and my performance characteristics. That's why you see several kids, some kids are doing very good, others not so good. And this is because of something that's new. It's the relational experiences. Before we talk about the work you're doing now with regards to vegetative training, Inga, would you mind sharing to listeners your academic background and what inspired you to pursue a career in sports science and also high-performance sport? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was on the way to explaining. It, it had to do with um, looking for uh, something that united uh, sports psychology, which I was in therapy for 14, 15 years, for many years. And let's say the medical side, which is the body. And then I find something that's both parts were put together in a new system. Then I went to learn this for many years, it's 30 years ago, and then was working mostly with people with mental problems, all kind of health problems, but I still was active in doing some sports. And then I decided that to save this tradition, we could not just continue being having a private practice because nobody recognized it. And the science we have, we don't use, you, if you were in therapy with me, Ed, which I see you can need a little bit, uh, <laughs> then, I, then I would not use you as a test rabbit. I mean, it's personal, it's you. So then we think, okay, we got something that can improve everybody, doesn't what it, matter what it is. So in 2012, 13, we decided to go into the, the higher level of sports. And that's when I was in contact with, you know, Danny Donacci yeah, from Everton, which is a very clever man. And I went there and he didn't understand what I was doing, but it was interesting. So we started with all the horses of the medical team, you know, and then they gave me the worst place they had. And you know what happened with Seamus Coleman? After two weeks, he was man of the match in the five of the eight next matches and so on. Just really quickly, Inga, just looking at sport as a bigger picture, especially sports science, have you seen sports science have an impact relating to your experience from the last 30 years? Yeah, let's say that um, some kind of the monitoring going on can be helpful, I think, but and the ability to plan ahead more systematically as always, healthy, but I think what they're missing a little bit in the sports industry is that the athlete himself must take responsibility for his own development. This is the base for Norwegian sports science, because we are so few, and then the athlete to seek advice, so he becomes his own boss, because it's only me who can feel what really is good for me. Inga, what you're really talking about now really relates to today's podcast topic. What are the benefits of vegetative training? Yeah, let's say that I have a performance characteristics 
which is, let's say, my inner programming code. And how do I change it? Okay, I can train hard and train hard. I'm expanding very, very slowly. And how much I expand depends on the frame I got as a child. With vegetative training, we go deep inside and open up the performance characteristics from inside centrally. So you suddenly expand your all your characteristics like you've never done before. Out of interest, this is just an interest point relating to me. Does this relate to creating positive habits with regards to their own performance on the pitch, but also off the pitch with regards to their general lives at home? Yeah, but my ability to build positive uh, realities is limited in from my body. So whatever I tell you, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, doesn't help. I understand it, but I can't change what we are changing is your own setting. So you become form, become immediately more vitality coming to you. And then you start to construct a new reality. And if you're interested in becoming a superstar, you will take the information, which is useful for you, for what I have experienced, because everybody is unique. That's the problem of sports science. They are based on the old medical model, which says we all are the same and we all react the same, but that's bullshit. Everybody reacts different to the same signals. So when a sports scientist has found out something, then he automatically thinks it can be applied everywhere. Inge, you've highlighted a really important point just then near the end with regards to everybody's different would you mind sharing to listeners the benefits you've seen with regards to some of the athletes you've worked with by applying this training method? It's Let's say it's the difference here is I, we're not touching. There is almost no talking. We put you in the basic human position and then you start to take away your inner limitations. And everybody I work with doesn't matter. I made people world champion Ultraman after four weeks. You know, in Manchester City, people been out for six months, boom, one week, they're back in the national team. One guy with a hamstring injury, which was related to suppressed aggression. He was very angry. Bam, it went away and he scored his first three goals for City. Just quickly... What benefits have you seen with regards to these athletes after their careers applying this training method? Because I think that's just as important with regards to their career development in general. Yeah. Imagine you feel much calmer. And what's difficult for you is also stored in the body as a limitation. So when this limitation in the body is gone, you know, for you, maybe... I won't analyze it here, but something you find difficult with then disappear and you will do things you, without thinking about it. And it will be much easier to have meaningful relationships. And that's important because immediately when I crack up my character, my little uh, theater playing, 
which is the protection, then suddenly I become relaxed. And I can feel it's good to be with other people. And that's when the body starts to program good. So just to get a better understanding, it's almost showing your vulnerability as a strength instead of a weakness. I'm saying this so the listeners get a better understanding and so do I. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It makes sense because this vulnerability is a kind of sensitivity, some kind of sometimes naivety. That is great, Inga. I've certainly gotten a better understanding of this concept of method of training. Would you mind sharing to listeners your fantastic blog? Because personally, I think it'll be a great resource for anybody who wants to pursue a career in this direction with regards to sports science. Yeah, let's say we have to start somewhere. And this is the how does the common people of the world have learned about what is good and bad for us? Okay, we have the medicine, we have some philosophy. And then we have to know to understand that medicine has failed. Their evidence-based model, how they look at us, they say, we take away your life experiences. Boom, it's not interesting. So, and they do this so we all, all are the same. But from many, many places in science now comes the like a new parenting, they say, experiences, relational experiences are the most important factor influencing us. And that's been taken away by medicine. And then on the other side, we have psychology. We say we can talk and you can talk and talk and talk and uh, I can think away my pain. And I mean, it's good with psychology, but they have divided the body in two. They talk about emotions like it's something in the head. But in reality, it's deep inside our body. I understand what you're saying, Inga, and it relates to what you said right from the start, that not just athletes, but people in general, including myself as well, taking responsibility with all the information and it, and applying it to ourselves for the greater good, our own self-development. Would you mind sharing to listeners the type of articles you have written on your blog? Yeah, let's say we one article which uh, was written by one of the f- famous sports scientists in Spain, uh, a professor, Fran Albert, who is also in charge of a coaching of a football team. So... I was invited there to one player, a Chilean player, who had a career, went like this. And this guy, he wanted to, he was motivated. This is important. He wanted to be, come to the national team of Chile. That was his target. I went down there and because he was not speaking so good English, this friend translated and I let, I went there for two weeks and said, okay, Fran, you're the professor in sports science and sports medicine. Now you try yourself. And then he, if he could experience the metal himself, and in the end of the two weeks, and I was working together with Fran Albert in the coaching of the athlete. So we have to change a little bit how it, the athletes, the football is coached in the setting. Because if the 
cold, she's not calm and smiling and motivating. Then on the other side, the player automatically feel if he's afraid. And then I'm activating inside the body resistance against I cannot learn. So we changed things there, and in two weeks, this guy suddenly was one of the best in the second league. And Fran Albert write this article where we're talking about that our social behavior, all our life performance is regulated by our body adaptive physiology. And the only way to do something with this is not through talking. We have to activate those mechanisms in the body, which is called self-regulating mechanism, which the little baby do by itself. And then the body break up the old code and you're performing in all matters. Inga, I find this really interesting and I'm really enjoying this chat we're having right now. Just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back and what have you been up to recently? Now, what I enjoy is meeting people like you and um, who are open, interesting, who are intelligent. I, when I work with the athletes, it's more like we establish some kind of friendship and it's, for me, it's very stimulating to work with those athletes who really want to get to next level and see them develop and build up a, a relationship and we take care of each other. For me, it's very meaningful because it's one thing is the sports they do, you know, but it's, life is more, they have family, they have kids. We have to make sure they function as a good father, a good mother. But back to your question recently, also with the preparation for Tour de France with a with a player, uh, with a rider, and uh, he's doing very well. And also no preparation with uh, have two guys in the World Cup. I can't tell any names. And then um, for um, some superstars in uh, this Nordic cross country skiing, preparing for the season. And one guy I had in the world championship, I can't even tell the sports, but he just got second. He was estimated far down. So there is like all my life, I hold back my vitality at some time. Think about it yourself. Trying to be obedient, trying to please everybody. You know, Ed, you know this. <laughs> and then this biological vitality explodes. Boom. And you become Ed with the two horns and big balls. It's something different. <laughs> Absolutely, Inga. Maybe I should be called Bowers the Bull, but no, I totally get what you're saying. And thank you for sharing the insight with regards to the type of athletes you're working with. Inga, I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in sports science? Yeah, I think like... Many of the good coaches, they are talking about how important is the environment. And we know this from neurophysiology. It's like it needs to be safe. 
for the kids, for the players. There needs to be, and the at, I mean the the student himself, he should really look deep into the fundamentals of his science. Where does it start? And maybe he has to look a little bit outside to find out that it, I, one tip is called the polyvagal theory, telling that we have some mechanism who's automatically regulating if I can learn or not. And a sports scientist should know this. Maybe a sports scientist himself have to look a little bit more critical how are the others reacting to me? And I think sports science in the future will be totally different and it will be focused more on the emotional side. And you see like on they will need to invest more in vitality. How can we bring the players to be vital? You see the failure of Germany. It's not a failure to have the best control system, the best education system, the best in planning. And but in the end, where is the vitality? In the end, where does the player have freedom to perform? You know, I've done talked in Premier League to players and told tell them you know how to play football, relax and have fun. I think it's like the model for future sports scientists is to train the athlete to be his own trainer. Inger, on that note, I couldn't agree more with regards to what you've just said about athletes being their own trainer and having a support system that athletes just perform with enjoyment. Out of interest, how can people interact with you online? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and they find me on Facebook. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Inga, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I have to say, I really enjoyed that podcast chat. And you probably could tell with regards to the conversations we're having. For me, there are so many learning elements I've taken from this interview. But straight after our chat, Inga nicely provided me the opportunity to work with him. And he actually did three vegetative training sessions and I wanted to share this experience with you with regards to the podcast chat you've just listened to because for me I'm not only athlete but I always have that desire to keep improving myself and when I worked with Inga he really did manage to release that negative energy he was talking about all that inner limitations we have with regards to our feelings I know this might sound crazy of how I've explained it just then but really we forget that we are human and we do forget that sometimes we do things we go to work day in day out and we don't let our body realize that we could be in stress for example and we haven't released it and all I can say is that does work. It's no surprise that top athletes, top influencers have sort of training where it connects the body and mind, which releases some sort of tension. All the top influencers do it. For example, I'm a big admirer, Tony Robbins. He does a meditation session every morning, for example. 
and it just gives him that vitality to release this negative energy and create that clarity of thought or positivity. And there's many more you probably follow who are role models within your lifestyle and how you want to be a better person. So without a doubt, this has been a fascinating conversation. And if you really want to work in sports science, I couldn't ask you to do this by just following Inga's blog because he will create bigger questions for you with regards to your career journey if this is the pathway you want to take with regards to working with elite athletes because at the end of the day as sports scientists it's all about being a better aid for the athletes to perform on and off the pitch and for me that's why sports science is there it's not just to create figures and as much as data analytics is important with an athlete's performance but Sometimes it does come back to the human element, the connection of understanding, the relationship building that a coach has with a athlete. These are the same traits a sports scientist needs as well to really dig deep with that athlete so they perform at the highest level, but also feel that they are energetic, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. So look, I really do hope you enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I did and apply what Inga said to your sports career journey today. Take action, hustle hard and good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Inga said, if you're interested in becoming a superstar, you've got to apply the right information which is useful to you. And by really taking away your inner limitations and releasing that energy from your body, that is how you're going to develop in life.